Being Human, an Entheological Guide to God, Evolution, and the Fractal Energetic Nature of Reality, by Martin W. Ball, Ph.D. Introduction Congratulations! You hold in your hand, or perhaps reading on your computer screen, a genuine guide to fulfilling your nature as a human being. In writing this guide, my goal is to present to the reader a basic account of the true nature of reality, without any fluff, fantasy, story, or unnecessary metaphysics or speculation, with the confidence that this is the true knowledge that can liberate you from all illusion and the suffering illusion causes. Much of what is written here is presented as matter-of-fact without much argumentation. It is my hope that readers will see the internal consistency and overall simplicity of what I am sharing and will find it easy to apply the principles and ideas presented herein to their lives, attain personal liberation, and find fulfillment and happiness. However, it is not as simple as just reading this guide. Many of the ideas found herein will be challenging for you especially if you are a practitioner of virtually any religion. Honestly, it might be easier for you if you are a scientific materialist atheist. Regardless, truly actualizing the wisdom presented in this guide in your own life will take dedication and a willingness to work through your illusions and your resistance to what is truly real. Understanding reality is not about accepting certain ideas as true. It is not about intellect or belief. It is about experience and understanding the contextual nature of experience. This guide will provide a clear map to how you can experience the ideas presented herein for yourself in your own life in each and every moment. It all begins with you and it ends with you. Are you ready to take responsibility for yourself and your life and enter into a true relationship with the fundamental nature of reality? If so, this could be the guide for you. Set aside your beliefs, open your mind, take a deep breath, relax, and let's begin. The Radical Non-Dualism of the Entheological Paradigm As will become apparent throughout this guide, the view of reality being articulated here could best be described as Radical Non-Dualism. What this basically means is that all things are one. While this is a common refrain of mystics and many spiritual practitioners, the actual implications of what this means has remained mystified. The difference between what mystics say and what is presented here is that this guide will explain, without any mystification, precisely what it means that all things are one, and how reality works as a coherent, energetic system. A key to understanding this profoundly interconnected nature of reality is the energetic mathematics of fractals and geometry, as will be explained in much greater detail below, though 
no math or equations are presented in this guide. For now, it is enough to say that all of reality, everything we know scientifically, and everything that we experience personally as life and consciousness, can be explained by the fundamental concept of fractal energy. In physics, this could be described as the grand unified theory, or gut. A theory that is able to explain everything. However, this is even more powerful than the gut developed within physics, for the physical sciences have no explanation for consciousness or life, whereas the entheological paradigm does, and is therefore far more inclusive and comprehensive. Another key concept is that this is an entheological paradigm. Entheology is the logic or study of God within. Paradigm means exemplary model. Thus, the model of reality presented here is based on the concept that God is within. This is a bit misleading, however, for in actuality, this model is not limiting the idea of God to being within. In fact, God is not only within, but without as well. In reality, God is all things. It is thus the task of this guide to adequately explain how God as energy is reality. The implication, of course, is that this includes you. So, we begin with you. Part 1. The Nature of Reality You. Who are you? Who are you? And perhaps more importantly, what are you? You are certainly a human being. But what exactly is a human being? What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be you? There are many ways that one can answer these questions. One can look to religion, science, culture, tradition, psychology, spirituality, family, etc. and generate answers from these perspectives. These different perspectives provide very different answers, however, and many of them do not necessarily agree with each other, raising the question of the nature of truth. Science says that you are a product of random, purposeless evolution, ultimately an animal that somehow got smart. Religions might say you are an incarnated soul on a divine mission to reach enlightenment or salvation. It's hard to see how these two perspectives could be reconciled. In general, there's no real consensus in developing an answer to the questions above. It all seems to depend on perspective, and there seems to be little room to bring disparate views into alignment with one another. Scientific, religious, and cultural views all seem to be in conflict with each other all with their own assumptions, propositions, explanations, and expectations. There are many competing camps, and individuals usually choose where they feel they belong in the marketplace of ideas regarding the nature of being human, with explanatory systems that reflect their concerns, values, and beliefs. Is there no way to sort it out? Are the answers to these questions simply relative to one's perspective? 
I am confident that there is a way to sort out these questions, and that in the end, truth is far from relative. The purpose of this guide is to answer the question of, who are you, from a definitive perspective that is grounded in fundamental truth. Who or what is God? Though this may sound surprising at this point, the basic truth is that the answer to this question and the question of who are you is essentially the same. Yes, that is correct. You are God. Startling perhaps, but true. However, this answer at this point doesn't really help because it still requires that we answer the question of who or what God actually is. If one does not understand the true nature of God, then providing the answer that you are God does little to help in the way of personal understanding. Therefore, in answering the question of who are you, one must investigate the nature of God. The problem, if you are God, why is it that this is not your immediate experience? How can the truth be so seemingly different from our ordinary reality? The simple answer is that this condition is the product of the ego. It is our egos that structure our reality into a fundamental illusion of separateness. That is their function. Due to our egos, we live in a basic state of paradox. Simultaneously, being both God and an individual self in a unique body. While this can be difficult for an ego to come to grips with and accept, as egos constantly seek self-validation to perpetuate the illusion of their existence, it is simply a basic truth of our existence, and the sooner that it is accepted, the sooner liberation, authenticity, and happiness will follow. Though God is talked about in many religions, something this guide will make clear is that the ideas of God, as produced and circulated among religious traditions, are largely the fantasy-based product of egos, and therefore not helpful when considering the true nature of the self, God, or reality. Religions have projected God out there as something other that must be obeyed, worshipped, and often feared. In short, most concepts of God are based on projections of the ego and have nothing to do with who or what this being actually is or what it is actually doing. This is especially true of the Western monotheistic traditions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, which all have profoundly distorted notions of who or what God is. The Incomplete Perspective of Science the physical and empirical sciences are by far the most effective methods for understanding the physical nature of reality, far surpassing any other development in human cultures or history. Though all human cultures have had their own unique ways of conceptualizing and describing the world around them, no intellectual developments and methodologies have been as effective and fruitful as the scientific method of observation, theory building, testing, reviewing, and revising when it comes to producing collectively verifiable, objective truth. While the specifics of scientific truth are always open to revision with the introduction of new data or theories, 
The methodology is highly effective and can be pursued across cultures, regardless of one's beliefs, traditions, or spiritual and metaphysical views. As a result, humans have garnered a great deal of verifiable, objective data about the physical world in which they live, and science has helped to reveal the physical mechanisms and properties at work in phenomena that were formerly obscure or mystified through religious and cultural lenses. Things that were once understood to be the work of the spirits or acts of God are now easily understood as natural phenomena that function according to basic mathematical, chemical, or energetic laws. Though overly simplified here, the basic scientific position is that the ideas of entities like spirits, souls, gods, and God are irrelevant for understanding the nature of reality. When the physical world is examined carefully, there appears to be no evidence for the existence of such entities. And following Occam's razor, the maxim that the simplest explanation is usually the correct one, and that theorists should not introduce unnecessary explanatory agents into their models, the conclusion is that spirits, souls, and God are ultimately figments of the human imagination and are reflections of pre-scientific thinking. The case might be closed if science could accurately explain how and why life developed, what consciousness is, where it comes from, why it exists, and why we are here at all to ponder these questions. However, upon even a cursory examination, it is clear that science is fundamentally unable to answer these questions. The knowledge provided by science is therefore clearly limited. This does not mean that science has nothing to say about the nature of life and consciousness, for it certainly does. Science can describe and map the evolutionary process. Science can describe the physical and chemical mechanisms at work in your brain, and how your consciousness correlates with brain states. Psychologists can map out patterns in human thought and behavior. Biologists can tell us how different genes are related to different aspects of living beings. However, these are all descriptions of physical mechanisms and processes. What we get from science regarding the actual nature of life and consciousness is not an explanation of in any sense. What we get from science regarding the actual nature of life and consciousness is not an explanation in any sense. Saying that biological life is a product of the natural laws of evolution explains nothing. It merely describes a process. Consider the following question. If everything is made out of the same fundamental particles, as is claimed by quantum physicists, and there is no fundamental difference between the particles that compose your body and the particles that make up a slab of cement, they're all quarks, electrons, protons, etc., then how is it possible that you are alive and cement isn't? Science has found no special ingredient that makes you alive, other than consciousness, and since consciousness is not a physical phenomenon, science has no way of studying or explaining it. At best, science can say that you are alive and that cement is not, because you are a biological being with the complex self-regulating systems. This, however, is merely a tautology and offers no explanatory power whatsoever. 
Science, then, must be understood as providing absolutely no insight into why life or consciousness exists. At best, science can only describe the physical mechanisms through which the energies of consciousness and life appear to express themselves in biological beings. Life is still a fundamentally unanswered and unanswerable enigma in scientific theories of reality. The fantasy-laden perspectives of religion. Many people look to religion to provide them with answers that cannot be forthcoming from the purely physical sciences. Religious traditions often purport to have exclusive access to divine revelations about the nature of life, its origins, and its destiny. Unlike science, however, which can be practiced by anyone regardless of beliefs, much of what religions have to offer depend on the adherence to basic beliefs and tenets of faith, things for which there is no evidence and no proof. In generating their dogmas and worldviews, virtually all religions are at odds with each other to varying degrees. The basic truth is that the vast majority of what religions have to offer in terms of explanations for the nature of life and reality are based on inaccurate knowledge of the world we live in. Religions use myth, metaphor, symbol, allegory, and other devices to communicate their particular view of the world and the responsibilities of being human. When taken as such, the perspectives offered by religions can be insightful. However, when they are taken literally, they become dogmatic expressions of faith that are beyond any rational argument, proof, or evidence. Take, for example, the biblical presentation of God creating the world in seven days. As a metaphor or symbol, that's fine. But if we are to take this literally, then we have to admit that there is absolutely no reason to believe that this is true other than the belief that the contents of the Bible were revealed by some divine being. Such an evidence-lacking belief would never be accepted by science, for obvious reasons. Unfortunately, for a modern scientific perspective, the majority of what religions have to offer in terms of descriptions of reality fall into the same category of speculation, evidence-lacking beliefs. When it comes to describing what's real, religions present us with fantastical realities. They speak of heavens, hells, spirit worlds, astral realms, spirits, souls, salvation, sin, reincarnation, resurrection, ascension, damnation, angels, guides, etc., etc., the difficulty is that while none of these ideas are observable from an objective standpoint, people do claim to have experienced such things, and therefore must be real. But here we have a confabulation of experience with reality. Merely experiencing something is not equivalent to it being real in any objective sense. People are confused about what they experience all the time, and when religious claims are examined carefully, the claims of different religions clearly conflict when it comes to determining the nature of reality from a perspective we can all agree upon. Religions do not seem to provide any real help, only mutually exclusive sets of propositions and beliefs that are, by their very nature, 
unverifiable, and tenets of faith. And what is worse, the vast majority of what religions describe as reality completely contradicts what is verifiably known through science. If it weren't for the fact that religions make so many people miserable and that religious adherents are so often willing to kill each other over their own fantasies, then religion could easily be dismissed as simply misguided human thinking. However, since religion does cause so many fundamental problems, despite whatever good it may provide to individuals, communities, and cultures, helping religious believers to understand the truth of God is a necessary corrective for living harmoniously and happily in reality. For religious adherents to truly live in reality, much of what they claim will have to be understood for what it is, fantasy. Resolution A fundamental position of this guide to understanding the human experience is this. Physical sciences, particularly mathematical sciences, reveal basically true knowledge of the nature of reality though there are limits to what this knowledge can be. Religions, on the other hand, while providing a few nuggets of truth and some good advice, are for the most part cultural constructions that reflect local and historical values, meanings, and concerns, and have very little, if anything, to do with the actual nature of reality. In order for individuals to come to a clear understanding of the nature of reality, they have to understand both the limits of science and the illusions of religion. It comes down to this. God is real, though no religion has accurately described who or what this being is. Science is fundamentally true, but limited. And the majority of what religions have to offer, in terms of actual knowledge of the nature of reality, is pure ego-generated fantasy and speculation. Thus, to reach a resolution, the true nature of God, and thereby yourself, must be understood in order to come to a genuine knowledge of the nature of reality. To understand your true nature as God, you have to experience it. This guide will describe and explain the true nature of God and what it means for you. But in order to actually benefit from this knowledge, you must open yourself to the experience of being God, which is best described as being open to your true energy. The key to this process is personal work within theogens, or substances that generate the experience of God within. With these tools, you can experience everything that will be shared in this guide directly for yourself with no religions, gurus, priests, or shamans standing between you and your direct experience of reality. The latter portion of this guide is dedicated to how you can navigate your way through this process, and will also fully explore why entheogenic self-exploration is the genuine path to personal awakening. But before we get to the how, let's initially deal with the what. Key Ideas Understanding yourself is the key to understanding everything. You are God in embodied form. Science cannot explain the existence of life or consciousness. Religion is fantasy-laden and offers little for understanding the true nature of reality. 
The method for coming to understanding the true nature of reality is through direct experience and self-exploration. Entheogens provide unparalleled tools for self-exploration. God and Evolution God In order to begin, set aside any previous ideas of who or what you think God is. Traditional religious views on God are largely not much help in understanding who or what God is, as they are mostly ego projections that have been separated from the self, depicting God as something mysteriously or enigmatically other. Nothing could actually be farther from the truth. The reality of God is the most intimate thing in existence. Indeed, all of reality is God, including you and the moment you are experiencing right now. There is absolutely nothing other about this. God, simply put, is what actually is. God is reality. But let's get more specific. Saying that God is everything isn't necessarily helpful, as it is such a general comment. Let's begin by describing God. First and foremost, God is a being. God is not an abstract principle, a philosophical necessity, or a featureless, contentless consciousness that is fundamentally empty. God is a being. This means that God is self-aware and possesses will and intention and is able to actualize itself and its goals. And not only is God a being, but it is, in truth, the being. God is the only being that actually exists. All other beings are expressions and embodiments of this one being. This one being is perfectly self-aware. God knows full well that it is the only being that exists and that all things are it. Because of this, there is no fear or judgment in God in any way whatsoever. God has nothing but love for itself. God actually is love, or perhaps more accurately, self-love. There is nothing that is not God, and God loves all aspects of itself. Second, God is energy. Everything that exists is a form of energy. And there are many different kinds of energy, and many different spectrums of energy. But in one way or another, everything that exists can be described as energy. We know from physics that all things we perceive as mass or as solid objects are actually just stable patterns of energy. Life also is energy, as are thoughts, feelings, sensations, expressions, actions, and consciousness itself. All things are energy. The source for all forms of energy is God, and God is energy, somewhat paradoxically. Third, God is what we might call the multi-being. God is one, but God has the ability to take multiple forms simultaneously and thus it is a multi-being. 
The energy of life and consciousness that animates every living being in existence has its source in God, and actually is God in embodiment form. Religions teach us we have souls or spirits that give us life. This is fundamentally incorrect. Your life is God. You do not have a spirit or a soul in any way whatsoever. You are God in a body. Any idea of a soul or spirit is superfluous, unnecessary, and ultimately incorrect. Every living being is God, embodied directly from source. Another way of saying this, which will be explored in greater detail shortly, is that God is evolution itself. Anyone who believes that there is some kind of conflict between God and evolution simply has no idea what they are actually talking about and could not be more fundamentally misguided by ego-projected fantasy of who or what God is or how God works. God has been evolving its form as a physical being for several billion years and has reached its current apex in us, in humanity. There is no conflict of any kind between God and evolution, and any such notion is absurd. Fourth, God is geometry and mathematics, and is perhaps best described as a fractal energy being. Basic mathematical structures are the ontological foundation of reality, as such, mathematics, geometry, and fractals were not invented by humans, but rather discovered. All energy functions according to mathematical principles. This is why we are able to have sciences such as physics. Mathematical permutations of energy are simply how reality works. The more one understands how energy in mathematics works, especially fractals, the more one understands how the energy of being God truly functions to create and sustain physical and experiential reality. Fifth, God is now. Neither the past nor the future exists. God is the ever unfolding moment of now, which is precisely where all permutations of energy exist. Energy, by its nature, is never static. It is always changing in relation to what immediately preceded it in the flow of now. As such, there is nothing that is permanent. All energy is constantly changing and fluctuating. The only thing that persists is the ever-changing energy of now. Sixth, God is pure self-actualization. God is doing one thing and one thing only, being itself in every way it can. In other words, all of reality happens when God is simply being itself. God has no other purpose or goal. Everything that God does is just being itself. In this sense, we could describe all of reality as the life of God being itself. Reality and everything we experience is God doing its thing to be itself as it is expressed right now in the current moment. Nothing more, nothing less.
absolute, total, and complete self-expression and actualization. There is nothing for God to do other than be itself. And since you are God, that also means that there is nothing for you to do other than be yourself. But learning how to do this is both simple and a monumental task. How to realize this goal of being yourself will be the focus of latter portions of this guide. First, we need to understand the way that God functions in reality before we can properly address how to successfully be you. Key Ideas God is a being, not an abstract concept. God is energy. God is self-aware. God is evolution. God is mathematics. God is the epitome of self-actualization.